Hello, I'm your host, Michaela Marshall, and this is Welcome to L Angel. Hi, I'm your host, David Lindley. This is the Angel Season 5 podcast by a cyborg ninja and an activated slayer. Hell no. Hell no. Oh, activated. Yeah, that's cool. I wasn't uh, sure whether to go with activated or awakened. Oh, yeah. Those are both good. Yeah, it's tough because like all Mm. potentials are slayers. So it's not like there's a division there. Michaela, this is Angel Season 5, Episode 11, Slayer Lore slash Potential (laughs) Lore. Storyteller Part (laughs) 2. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. really called Damage, original air date, January 28th, 2004. That is the one. Things getting damaged in this episode. As we said last time, although I, I'm i not sure we have any tapes of you saying this, because I forgot entirely. As you do. Andrew's gonna be here this episode, <laughs> he sure motherfuckers. You're gonna have to tell me, I think. It's Tom Lank. Tom Lank. <laughs> He fucking sure is. <laughs> he's going to look very, very silly. <laughs> and there's going to be some tone inconsistencies in this episode. Oh, man. This <laughs> varies wildly. Mood Whiplash is yeah. the alternate title for this episode. Yeah, in addition to Storyteller Part 2. Roller coaster, roller coaster of an episode. Definitely is. I want to frame this up with the theme of the episode, Michaela. Sure thing. And I think the theme is atonement. Yeah. Spike is faced with his past actions coming back to haunt him. In a lot of ways, they're not actually his past actions that are coming back to haunt him, but it gets to a point in the episode that is very poignant, which is Spike being like, allo, 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 I didn't commit these specific atrocities. And you can see in his head as he's saying it, he's like, oh no, I have committed a lot of atrocities and now I'm complaining because these ones that I'm being punished for weren't real. Yeah. But like, isn't the punishment still deserved? Right. And Spike's been spending this entire season pretending that getting his soul back didn't put him through this kind of thing. This thing that Angel was put through for 80 years where the guilt of what he had done, like, crushed him. And yeah, Spike, you know, we already talked about it in this season where Angel was literally like, I can't believe how fast you got over this. (laughs) (laughs) What gives, man? (laughs) That's not cool. Yeah. Yeah. And so... I mean, Spike having this realization is is nice. He has to go through some surprisingly bad shit to get there. Yeah. Oh, man. The other theme for this episode is that Angel goes in for body horror as a concept pretty hard with this entire show. Right? Like, there was a level of horror in this episode that I had forgotten about. I was not prepared for. Nope. Yeah, not prepared at all. I think in the end, what this episode is about is that Angel and Spike are really kind of these dark reflections (laughs) of each other. (laughs) (laughs) Is that what it's about? (laughs) No, I just wanted to say dark reflections. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I know. So, Michaela, this episode begins with hospital times. Which are never good times. You know, this is what seems to be some sort of mental ward. The patients here are locked behind, like, bars and cages. There's talk of someone getting the wrong meds, which seems bad. It's very horror movie psych ward in so many ways. It's all of the locked up precautions. It's this room full of crazy drawings that is... I'm gonna say not up to snuff. And, like, (laughs) the strange plethora of bone saws around in, like, what is not at all a surgical space. Oh, boy, that's a good point. Who needs those bone saws? (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) So, yeah. But you know what's a spooky weapon? A bone saw. Definitely is. And it's... (laughs) thematic i don't know okay so yeah there's a creepy girl who is locked in here but not for long she busts herself out of this hospital room she hasn't been given her sedatives as she should have been and she is hella strong rips like a a bunch of iron bars from the the doorway and throws it aside down Yeah. yeah kills a bunch of orderlies she sure does and like pretty spooky yeah so this This picture I have, which I've just called spooky, Mm -hmm. 
I mean, this is very reminiscent of the first Slayer. Yes. Which is perhaps sort of our first clue that, I mean, initially they think that she's possessed by a demon. We later Mm -hmm. find out, in fact, she is a very traumatized woman who has become a Slayer through the Sunnydale wackiness, which is a very bad combination. Oh, yeah. Incredibly bad, especially because no one in L.A. has a lot of context about this. So, yeah, in this psych ward especially, it's just like, oh, the girl who was comatose is now incredibly strong. Like, how are they lacking the context for this? (laughs) This is really a big problem I have. (laughs) So I would say the Angel Gang is pretty well-equipped context-wise for this. Like, Andrew at some point will go over, hey, all of this wacky stuff happened in Buffy Season 7, go watch the DVDs. (laughs) But then the entirety of Angel's gang is just like, yeah, we know. But the psych ward doesn't know about the fact that there's an awakening. So, like, reports of super strength, they they haven't even published anything about this yet, so it's been pretty hush-hush. That's a tough thing, because once there's a bunch of vampire slayers, as mm-hmm. people are, they don't want to know. They don't know about demons, even though those are everywhere, too. So, yeah, okay. Sorry, there's a bunch of what slayers? Oh, vampire slayers. My mistake. <laughs> yeah. Slayers yeah, of the vampires, yeah. yes. Goodness. Thank you. Thank thinking. you. So we check in with Angel's gang. Fred and Gunn are talking about gray areas. I think I mean Wes and Gunn. And, yeah, it's all very gray area in general. It's like... Oh, Wolfram and Hart, we're doing good, but are we? I mean, like, I get that this is on their minds all the time, doing what Mm. they're doing. But, like, I think we've had these same conversations just too many times now where everyone's like, hmm, gray area. Angel's like, I don't want to work in a gray area. Sorry. (laughs) I don't want to work in a gray area. Thank you. (laughs) It's a good way to set up basically nothing else happening with the Angel gang in an episode. But, like, get a scene going. I've got a I got a picture here that I've called sitting conspiracy. Oh, yeah. Because I just feel like now that you've said that Lorne isn't standing very much, mm-hmm. I'm like, it is a conspiracy. He isn't standing that much. Here's proof. I've got proof. Yeah. You've also captured him in a beautiful mustard suit, which we may have actually seen before. Scandalous. Scandalous. But, I mean, he's done something totally different with it. He's got this, like, mm. sky blue jacket and this very high-necked purple shirt ascot we're never sure might be an ascot yeah Yeah. very good looking it's great great stuff and you can sort of argue like oh having people leaning on things or sitting on things that are raised is a good way to add variety to a scene Mm -hmm. visual interest and that's certainly true but yes i think there is a sitting conspiracy yeah and especially here where like gun is standing Wes and Fred are sitting, Angel's sitting. So I guess when you have Lauren sitting in this like mid-level, maybe it makes sense. But he could easily be standing and I feel like it wouldn't be that weird looking. Angel is mad about Eve. Yeah, which at least we brought Eve up. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, this is the perfect way to deal with Eve. Yeah. And it's perfect in so many ways because Angel's like, oh, I think we should get rid of Eve. (laughs) And Gunn's like, well, hold up. Okay, Eve is our only conduit to the senior partners they yeah. might be mad if we just kill her so let's just you know sideline her make sure she's not in many episodes from here on mm. out and i'm like yes guns making a lot of sense <laughs> he's making some good points guys although on the other hand huge plot holes because like is there no way for them to contact the senior partners other than through Eve. Right. Because if Eve gets corrupted and she is an agent of evil, so what are the chances of that happening? (laughs) Then this happens where you have no way of knowing or no way of acting on it. I... I've got a lot of (laughs) headcanon about this. Okay. Because I was thinking about this today and I was like, ooh, ooh, what if the way you contact the senior partners is basically going to hell? So like... Eve's job is not very fun. And yes, they could go talk to the senior partners if they wanted to be tortured for a good long while. And no one's like raising their hand for that, you know? So they're like, we'll just keep Eve around. She'll go, you know, talk to the senior partners. Right. She's yeah. good at that. Yeah, we don't have to do that. She's she's good at it already. It's fine. Yeah, this this whole thing with like Eve is the only liaison to the senior partners, and Eve has also been taken in by Lindsay's <laughs> schemes 
or whatever uh-huh. they might be. That just made me feel like I just started going down a lot more conspiracy holes then because oh. I'm like, so if Eve is this easily corrupted by Lindsay, who <laughs> I assume, okay, if she is truly the liaison to the senior partners, then like, I think Lindsay is 100% just using her because of oh, that yeah. position. Yeah. But then my other question was like, like, have we ever proven that she's talking to the senior partners? She sure right. says it a lot, but, <laughs> but like- what, what proof do they actually have? They don't really have a way to check that. The senior partners could be in the dark and could have been in the dark for half a season at this point. Yeah. Yeah, very possible. It also points the senior partners in this sort of like incompetent light, right? Yeah. Like they're unable to tell that they are being betrayed and not able to do anything about it. But then at the same time, may, perhaps they know because, like, you wouldn't be able to fool them with something like this. And they just think it's funny. Michaela, this is something that I love the most. It's us doing the writer's job for them. <laughs> I think that's what this podcast is. <laughs> <laughs> what they've done is left a large plot hole. And yeah. what we've done is filled it up <laughs> with all of our conspiracy concrete. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. Do I love conspiracy concrete. <laughs> Good just paves it right over. Paves it right over. You can't even see it. Seamless. All right. So Harmony comes in, tells the whole crew about this girl who escaped from mental institution, possibly possessed by a demon. No one knows. So who's to go but Angel, the CEO of Wolferman Heart? Because, I don't know, he's bored or something. <sighs> he is bored. And, like, this is just part of his never-ending quest to be relevant slash feel <laughs> like he's still doing good and not wanting to be in this gray area. Sorry, but you said that Angel's struggling to be relevant. Like, just the, the Grandpa Simpson, I used to be it. I used to be with it. And they changed what it was. Yeah, it, yeah that's, what, that's what we're doing. Yeah. Oh, poor guy. I got a quick picture of Harmony that I have titled oh, yes. Oddly Frumpy. Yeah. Because I just think she's a lot better than this. You know? <laughs> She is. She's not looking her best. I don't know. Like the clothes, they're they're fine. They just don't look like business casual attire or whatever we're doing in this office. You know, <laughs> I mean, business casual lensed through Harmony's fashion Perhaps. sense, which is again stuck at when she became a vampire years ago. So yeah, that's what we've seen generally before. Is like business casual as harmony sees it at least she normally has like a jacket though she's just True. waltzing around in her spaghetti straps i don't know showing off those yeah, shoulders tank top tuesday come on tank top tuesday oh boy i mean tomorrow is tuesday maybe i'm gonna make a that thing. real thing at fresh books <gasps> it's 100 percent. yeah yeah that is what? a workplace thing at oh my, my workplace God. Oh my god. Fresh books, cloud accounting, come work for us or something. Well, they have, just give us money. You have know. Tank Top Tuesdays. I mean, who doesn't want to work for you? Yeah, it's very good. Anyway, <laughs> Angel is off to the hospital, and who should he find there but Spike? And this made me feel like Lindsay seems to actually know the sorts of things that are going on. Mm, oh yeah. You know, like he has good info. <laughs> He does. Wherever he's getting it from, he has good info. Yeah. And so this is another Angel and Spike grudgingly work together episode. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, it doesn't put me in mind of anything so much as that classic film, (laughs) Fast and the Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw. Day from the future here. We've been trying to be better about spoilers, but this one just slipped out. Anyway, if you haven't seen the cinematic tour de force that is Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw... Just skip ahead like 30 seconds so you don't get major, major plot things spoiled. I mean, it's a very, very dense movie. Lots of twists and turns. We don't want to spoil anything for you. Just So just skip ahead 30 seconds and you'll be fine. All right, back to the episode. <laughs> Wherein our two heroes, Jason Statham and The Rock, <laughs> learn that teamwork really does make the dream work. So yes, they have teamed up grudgingly of course and our bickering bantering back and forth we get some quality exposition from the doctor exposition with a capital e so this girl's family was murdered she was tortured for like months and then terrible dumped in the streets and you're like holy shit we are going in a dark direction and at this point michaela (laughs) i have not remembered the name andrew right i don't know that he's coming so, so you like, don't know that there's oh, going to be some sort of wacky injection. Cool. Yeah. No. Yeah. But yeah, so this girl was like 10 when this happened. It is horrifying. Super horrifying. horrifying. She's been drawing a bunch of pictures of demons attacking little girls. 
We'll eventually learn that the little girls are all different, but the yeah. demon is the same, I think. Anyway, very, very bad story. They take this to mean, okay, she's drawing all these pictures of demons. This is indicative of some sort of demon possession. That's where they get this idea from in the first yeah. place. But it turns out that when you're a potential slayer slash become an activated slayer, I think is what we went with. Mm-hmm. You get a lot of dreams about demons, about past slayers that would be really confusing for someone who is as traumatized as this woman is. Yes, it's uh, it's not great, you know? No. Not, not going well for Dana, this girl's name is. Dana, yeah. <laughs> and her, her little scene in a department store is fun but also again we're we're definitely erring on the dark side for this episode tone wise like she breaks a guy's arm and murders a security guard but gets a sick outfit out of it and you're like badass scary good so times scary. i was so very worried for this shop boy i'm gonna call him oh yeah because he oh. was just so sweet and you're like get away from her and he's trying to be so nice about how she needs to pay for those things before she eats them and he only gets his arm broken which is better than i can say for most of the men she interacts with yeah they don't come out very well generally so yeah we see angel watching some of the tapes from dana's sessions with her what psychotherapist doctor yeah doctor yeah and it turns out uh, she's not just speaking in tongues. No. She's speaking legitimate languages like Romanian, which is a language that Angel knows because he was cursed by gypsies. <laughs> like, that's the only reasonable canon because I've written down, of course, Angel speaks Romanian fucking gypsies, <laughs> which is an insult to the Romani people. It is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, if that's the reason he knows Romanian, I am furious, I think. Very. Yeah. Very incredibly furious. He's Mm. been around the block. It's fine. And, yeah, he picks out this one language. He calls into Wes, tells him that Dana is not, in fact, possessed by a demon as they have thought. She's an activated slayer. And Spike is confronting her as this happens, thinking that she is possessed by a demon. We get a very deep cut to a different show when Spike is fighting her and she recalls having fought Spike as like a previous slayer with those memories. Oh my god, yes. Says the same thing to him and he says, all right, all right, sorry, love, I don't speak Chinese, which is the exact line that he says in... Who? what's that, Crush? When he's giving Buffy the like rundown of the slayers he killed... Yeah, is it Something? Crush or is Fool it... for Love. Um, Fool for Love, yeah, I yeah. thought it had love in the title. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's a cut, cut to Fool for Love. And I mean, later on, spoilers here for this same episode, but uh, <laughs> we're going to get some nice callbacks to Robin Wood. Right? Yeah. And you're like, this was... Th- I wasn't expecting this at all. <laughs> this episode in general is just like so much more on the ball with its Buffy lore so than much. I ever expected. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As people who just finished Buffy, you're like, oh, all of this is very comforting and familiar to me. Yeah, I appreciate it so much. (laughs) Yeah. But then, I mean, they're really treating the viewers of Angel as if they may not have watched Buffy. Because, like, at this point, that really could be the case. Which Mm, is why they have all of this pretty standard exposition, if you've seen Buffy, right? Yeah. But, like... Ah, there was just so many cuts to Buffy that I'm yeah. like, if you haven't watched this, a, like, a large portion of this episode you don't care about. Very inaccessible. <laughs> yeah. So Spike gets thrown through an upper floor window for his troubles as he fights mm. this girl. Uh, and Angel pulls up in the Angel mobile just in time to see him dust himself off. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, that's a that's a confusing thing to say when you're talking about <laughs> Fuck, vampires. Dust himself off, yeah. <laughs> No, that's, that sounds awful. It's oh boy. some sort of vampire euphemism. <laughs> it's such a euphemism. Oh my god, I hate it so much. Oh boy. That's a, that's a deep cut to this very show. We haven't <laughs> talked about vampire sex as dusting for quite yeah. a while. Well, because nobody's having sex with vampires anymore. True, yeah, yeah. Right? This is very the problem. <laughs> All right. Turns out. That Wolfram and Hart has a top expert that mm. was sent down by one Rupert Giles to help him out. And I was like, who could it be? I was so expecting you to call him Rupert T. Giles. I was very much going to. <laughs> and then you didn't. Failed now, at, at the this, last minute. At this point, 
when they're like, oh, it's the the top guy. Were you like, oh, I remember now? No, it took oh him God. actually showing up for me to remember that Andrew was this episode was in this episode. Oh, uh, were you elated? I was so delighted, and my God, he looks like a twit. He has grown his hair out. He's wearing this like ill-fitting suit, and he's got this stupid pipe. Oh, the pipe. Like, and the tie is so giant. And I think it's made of tweed. Like, (laughs) I think the suit and the tie are both tweed, honestly. Oh, oh God. I love everything about this. Like, this, again, incredible mood whiplash. We've heard about this girl. She's been tortured. It's been terrible. She's getting slayer visions. She fights Spike, someone who has killed her in two past lives. It's all very dark. And then Andrew shows up and starts lecturing all of these people about the slayers of the vampires. And it's just like he shows up. There are immediately a series of references to Lord of the Rings. (laughs) And you're like, how did these writers, how did they survive without having this guy around? Isn't that what right. all, they all want at all times? It's because... just like vomit onto the, the paper. <laughs> They're just like, oh, bleh, Frodo, Gandalf. Oh. Like when he, when he compares Spike to Gandalf returning as Gandalf the White after falling to the <laughs> Balrog. Oh it's very God. on point. It's incredibly it is, on point. It's very on point. And just like he's hugging Spike. He's saying that his therapist told him to give up hope. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, he knew that Spike was alive this yeah, entire time. This like, entire time. Yeah. When he grabs onto Fred in an uncomfortable way. <laughs> and is like, I think calling her like my sweet girl or something. <laughs> and she's just like, her... what the hell's happening? <laughs> He later refers to her as Yes, attractive slender woman. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. And he just keeps calling Wes Price. Uh, Price. Yeah. Uh, and just being so dismissive of him. <laughs> and then he's he's finished giving this lecture. He's walked all around, you know, he's used the space. And yeah. then he sits back down at his chair. And he pulls out his little paper lunch bag (laughs) with a crayon drawing of a Union Jack on it (laughs) and his own name and pulls out some goldfish crackers to start munching on. Yeah, it's just... And you're like, what's happening in this episode? (laughs) It's so silly. (laughs) He's got his little notebook that he's trying to record notes in. Oh, man. And, like, he just keeps pulling such watcher bullshit on Wes, being like... I see that Mr. Giles may have been wrong about you. <laughs> it's it's so good because it's Andrew pretending he is a peer to these yeah. people who outclass him in every way. And he is only here to deliver exposition to the viewers. Yeah. Like, all of these other people know everything that he is saying. And like, is this the best way to, to deliver this exposition? I think yes. probably yes. Oh, a thousand percent yes. And like bringing Tom Lank in for this made me happy. And you're like, oh, him and Spike do have a nice little history. They went on that journey together. Oh, they did. Yeah, they, oh, it's, it's all so good, Michaela. Yeah. It's all so good. And actually we do get some, a little bit of potential lore that we mm. never got in Buffy. And I'm like, now? <laughs> You're choosing to deliver this exposition now? You had four different people who could deliver exposition last season. You had Giles, you had Andrew to a lesser extent, you had Anya, and you had Willow. And now and then, is mean, when Dawn you're giving us doing... potential... And Dawn, five! Nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition! Now you're giving us this, this potential lore about, like, how a bunch of them are basically slayers and they're getting these visions and... What? Okay, I've got I've got some headcanon for you. Mm. So so the, the writers of this show needed to, you know, speak to some of the former writers of Buffy, because these are not the same people. Yeah. You know, to get this, to really understand this lore. Right. And the writers of Angel had a series of questions the writers of Buffy were not prepared for, because they thought this through more than the writers of Buffy did. <laughs> yes, that is very true. Yeah. I think that that's what is happening here. And that's insane because this isn't a show about slayers of the vampires. (laughs) 
It is not. Man, when Angel catches himself saying vampires <laughs> after listening to Andrew too much. <laughs> and, like, and it's those moments that just make me think that they are wasting David Boreanaz. They are. Oh my god, he can do this funny shit so yeah. well. Like he, oh, he why has is it he all always in so him. broody? <laughs> and like Maybe the juxtaposition makes it funnier when he does get those moments. I don't know. You definitely know. can't have it happen all the time, but like twice an episode. Yeah. That is not overstaying your welcome. That's not overplaying it. And he gets it once every five Few. episodes, probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not, not super great. So Spike, being a man of action, decides to go out and find this Slayer. Uh, Angel and team try to plan because they are a bit smarter than Spike is. They have the resources. I mean, this is what they're trying to prove that Wolfram and Hart is good for, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, They've got resources they can <laughs> yeah. put them to use. At one point in their little powwow session, I think that Gunn uses the phrase, Not that it'll matter when she's staking you in the pump. And I was so disgusted by this in a way that I can't really explain. It's, I think, I think a combination of his urban slang, right? Oh, because dear. That's, is that how we describe him? Yeah, uh, we do. Oh. <laughs> and then all of the lawyer knowledge that's been pumped in him, which also includes golf knowledge, it turns out. And I love that they out. keep slipping yeah. in like more and more things he has. Yeah. <laughs> that he has up in his brain. But you're like, yeah, lawyers play a lot of golf, you know? He should know yeah. about golf. The, I think just referring to the heart as the pump is disgusting. I don't, don't know like why. It. I don't right. like it at all. Are you making a note of it to later use it in some way? I can only imagine. Uh, not at this moment. I'll do it when I edit the episode. <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> so Andrew has gone to bother Spike. Andrew has a trench coat on and he has many tranquilizer guns. He's got a lot of items in this yes. coat. Multiple times in this episode, I either thought or wrote down, wow, this guy is more useful than Xander, which <laughs> he is, though. Which is also a cut to our previous iteration of this podcast. But yeah, we haven't had any solid Xander hate for, you know, weeks and weeks, months at this point. True. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, and this this is a character who literally picks up a penny <laughs> off of the, the gross ground yeah. and puts it in his mouth this very episode to see what blood might taste like after Spike tells him it tastes coppery. Oh, wow. Yeah. And he's still more useful than Xander ever still was. more useful than Xander. But yeah, I mean, it's it's nice, right? Andrew's here. He's telling Spike what everybody's up to. Little yes. update about the status, you know? Oh, Xander's in deepest Africa. Uh, uh, Willow, Willow and, and Kennedy, Kennedy are in Brazil. They're still together for some inexplicable reason. Right? One of the greatest crimes of this episode is mentioning Kennedy's name. Right? And you're just like, no, Willow left Kennedy. That's <laughs> the only way that sentence should go. Yeah, yeah, seriously. She realized there are a lot more lesbians in the world who are less annoying than Kennedy, anyways. Buffy and Dawn are in Rome, so yeah. it makes total sense that Spike was going to fly to France to see her. Spike didn't know where to go. He was just going to Europe, and he was going to figure it out. Shit's so close together there. It's true. Very true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And yeah, we, we get that little update, and it's, it's quite nice. I like it. Yeah. You know, I, I had another moment in here. I mean, it might have been around the penny time where I was like, this mission is way too dangerous for Andrew to be on. Oh like, this, this psychotic slayer, what's he doing here? At the same time, like what Spike's not going to tell him to go away. Spike is That's not true. that heroic yet where no. he's like looking out for other people who are trying, who are just like in the sidelines. That's not where he's at. He's looking out for people that are actively threatened. And like later on, Andrew will get punched and Spike will just leave him there and run away. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so you're absolutely yeah. right about that. Yeah. Angel and gang are teaming up with a mystic to go to the house where the girl was living when she was abducted. And A, Lorne is actually here, and he is, despite the sitting conspiracy, he's yeah. in this episode he so is. much more. And I'm like, so happy. Like, this was happy. his idea. This, yeah. what I've called mystical downer. <laughs> <laughs> this guy, oh. he's, he looks the part of <laughs> yep. a mystic in his robes with his necklaces that are all bones and shit. Like, these are fetishes, right? Yes. Like, that's what these are. <laughs> yeah, that's true. 
Yeah. In the original sense of the word, yeah. I think. Yeah, in the original sense of the word. Lots of, like, bones and feathers and fucking necklace. Huge. It's all one big, gigantic necklace. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm gotta love the mystics and how vague they are, right? Like, oh, dark things have happened in this house. And it's like, yeah, a family was murdered. Yeah. And a girl was abducted. Can you tell us more? Yes, a girl. I can see her. Her abducted. pain. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, okay, uh-huh. Where, where was she taken? Away from the house. Somewhere. Not here anymore. Cold <laughs> and dusty. <laughs> A smell. Uh, some smell, yes. <laughs> and I like yeah. it. I like it because mystics are supposed to be vague. If he was like, ah, yeah, old whiskey factory, you know? Yeah, you know the one no down deal. by the docks? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I would be pissed at this mystic. At the same time, my God, he's vague. Yeah, and really, it's just giving them something to do while Spike fights the Slayer on his own. We get to see a flashback from Dana. And mood whiplash like what? We've just had some japes with Andrew doing a penny thing, giving us some exposition on where everyone is. And then Dana's like, oh, that time I was tortured. Here's a bunch of flashbacks to it, including a box of syringes, which were injected into me many times, and the face of my abductor. And yeah, at this point, the episode's like, hey, look, it's Spike. He was what? He's a 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 what? He was what? He was what? He's a music man. Yeah. Delightful. Yeah. Yeah. And, um... I fully thought it was going to be the doctor. Oh, interesting. Because the doctor's the other person who's been introduced this episode. It's true. Of course it's him. Yeah. And like, yeah, he's a mad, mad scientist and he's doing this shit to her to write the book that he wants to write. Wow. I mean, that's very dark, which is the tone of two thirds of this episode. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah, that would have been uh, that would have been pretty freaky. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, spoiler alert, she's mixed together all of her Slayer memories and being horribly tortured memories. But and, again, atonement, yeah. does it really mm-hmm. matter? She does know that Spike has done terrible things. She's seen this happen. Yeah. And this wasn't one of them, but still, does it matter? Yes and no. <laughs> I mean, as you said, Spike literally will say to her later, I didn't do this. <laughs> And then she's like, but didn't you kill them? And he's like, well, yeah. And he kind of tries to be like, but it's different. And then he's like, oh, that's not different at all. No, no, it's not very different. Turns out. Turns out. Yeah. Angel's cracking down on the crew. He wants them to find more answers. He's got all these vague mystic things. And he tells Lauren to crack the whip. And Lauren (laughs) has an amazing line. It was potentially going to be my rose for the episode. (laughs) Because he's like, on it, boss. I'll do it. And yeah. off screen, as he's walking <laughs> off screen, you hear, Danny, we're going to need a whip. <laughs> and you have to imagine that that was ad-libbed. <laughs> Honestly, like. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> Just, <laughs> yes. I mean, it's Wolfram and Hart and yeah. it's Lorne. Of course, they're going to get an actual oh, whip. <laughs> they're going to have a whip. Like there are whips aplenty, I'm sure. Yeah. Okay, oh, Michaela, we have so to go good. into my segment, Quotable oh. Notes. Message for you, sir. Write that down. Write that down. Write that down. Don't quote me. Write that in your copybook now. Good. For several reasons. And the first of which is that I just hit my step goal. Woo! For the first time in 26 days. Oh, and Jesus. It's actually pretty emotional for me. Um, That's so nice. Why did I hit my 15,000 step goal today? That is a question I've had for the last however long we've been doing this because you showed me the picture of your step goal and how close you were to it. But mm-hmm. you were like, I'm not telling you why. So this is exciting for me. I went today to the CNE, which stands oh, for my. the Canadian National Exhibition. Yes. <laughs> this is, for anyone who doesn't know Toronto... Basically a, a large carnival, I guess. Yeah, that that's a good Toronto way to... puts on every year. Yeah. Yeah, so there's like the the midway, you've got the rides mixed with the carnies trying to um, basically... Entice you? Entice. It's not schmooze. What's the... Not shill. Uh, swindle. They're trying to swindle you oh. out of your money uh, by Correct. getting you to play carnival games. Uh, yes. <laughs> 
what else do you have? Oh, ridiculously overpriced food. So like I got myself one of those swirly potatoes on a stick because I've oh, never yeah. had those before. And I was like, fuck it. Why not? Got myself some ice cream because yeah. And all of it's ridiculously overpriced. Oh my God. Um, and I, I kind of wanted to talk about that. It also typically has very wacky food, although I feel like they've had some issues in the past few years with like people getting food poisoning and stuff. Yeah, (laughs) which I can super imagine because as a food installation there, you've got uh, maybe a space of 20 feet by 15 feet to work with. Yeah. And I think that might be generous. (laughs) <laughs> and like that's that's your entire food prep area so yeah. yes there are like giant drumsticks that you can buy or something but i didn't see too many wacky things oh there's pickle pizza which was selling oh. for literally eight dollars canadian a slice and oh i know God. i know that canadian dollars are like magic money or whatever it, it's monopoly money it's fine but that's <laughs> For someone who's actually Canadian, that's ridiculous. For one slice of pizza, yeah. One slice of pizza with pickles on it. I can Ugh. I can make that at home. You can make it. Yeah, easy. Yeah. Anyway, um, I kind of wanted to talk about it because it was this surreal experience. I went as part of a team building exercise for work or like, mm. we get yeah, we get fun days sort of thing. So this yeah, is like, yeah, ah, yeah. let's go to the CNE, have some fun, hang out for a little bit outside of work, but and get to know each other. Yeah. <laughs> I've gone once. I don't think I'll ever go again. Again, the swindling, the overpriced everything, the just general, like, crumminess of it all, you know? Because it's like, you can constantly see the fraying edges. Yeah. Oh, God, there's a roller coaster there. And oh, no, 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 under, no, no, no. <laughs> under all of the roller coaster scaffolding are just these wooden blocks that it's set on top of. Oh, God. Oh, and not like a single oh. piece of wood. I'm talking like, you know, you pile up two or three blocks yeah. of different sizes so that you get it roughly level. That's so terrifying. Oh, it's my nightmare. So scary. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, so I mean as someone who has never been to the CNE, but I mean I think I have a pretty good sense of like what the vibe is. Mm-hmm. Did you sort of feel that you were out of time? Yes. Like, yeah, like, a yeah. thousand percent. It was like stepping back into the 80s. I saw people yeah. pay money for roasted corn on the cob. Insane. And I'm like, <laughs> is that even a carnival food? Like, I'm not sure. <laughs> like, that's it's not very easily eaten while on the go, really? No, it's not. You've got... It's just a weird food to pick up and go with, in my mind. Yeah. And it's not like, oh, I see someone walking past with a corn on the cob, and I'm like, oh, I want that, right? (laughs) There's nothing super enticing about it. It's like, oh, yeah, that's a good, like, side for a meal. Like, I might have that with a burger in the summer. That'd be nice. It's not like, oh, gotta go find the corn stall. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Definitely, like, stepping into a different era entirely, where just, like, fun had a different quality and wasn't (laughs) immediately accessible, you know? And I I understand that the CNE is almost entirely for families, so it's like kids have a lot of stimulus in this area, and they just go fucking nuts. Right, everything's bright, it's flashing, it's colorful, there's fun games, you can win a shitty stuffed toy. Yeah. Yeah. You don't win the games because, oh my god, the ring toss looks literally impossible. But they've (laughs) they've set out the rings on the bottles already, so look at how many rings there are on these bottles. It has to be possible. Yeah. Oh, and I feel so terrible for these carnies who are, like, having to shill these things. Yeah. Oh, it's such a soul-crushing job. You're trying to interact with people who fundamentally don't want to interact with you when they do interact with you you're a steak salesman but you're entirely selling the sizzle you don't want them to have the steak (laughs) them getting the steak is bad it's a failure on your part you want there to be a couple steaks floating around the carnival but like not many yeah and like you both know all of that right like (laughs) The kids don't. Yeah, unless you're swindling children. Yeah. (laughs) Everyone knows what's happening. Okay, so that that was my (laughs) C&E story. And whatever, it was great. Uh, Never going again. So many people, Michaela. So many people. Oh, it sounds terrible. (laughs) I have another note that I have from the week. 
Good. I took a picture of a bus advertisement that I oh, think good. you probably know about because I want to say it's in your wheelhouse. Are you aware of the upcoming series or possibly current series, Pennyworth? Yes. <laughs> because I've also seen this bus advertisement and I just laughed the first time I saw it. So you are a Gotham aficionado? Is that how you would describe yourself? <laughs> Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> You have watched the TV series from DC Comics or Detective Comics. I mean, Comics. I, I am slowly going my way through it. It's on Netflix. And occasionally I just want to watch garbage, you know? Yeah. And like, no offense to anyone that likes Gotham, but like, it's mostly garbage. The prequel series Pennyworth, focusing <laughs> on the life of the butler, to what is already a prequel series, because Batman is not in Gotham as far as I know. Bruce Wayne is, but he's a child. Yeah. So I'm in season four, so spoilers for Gotham season four, mm -hmm. but he's like on his way to being Batman. <laughs> like Lucius Fox just gave him some like armor, essentially, like very much in the Morgan Freeman gives things to Christian Bale way. Oh. And I'm like, but like, he's still a child. He's a teenager. <laughs> sure. But he's a child. Huh. Yeah. Hmm. Well, yeah. Pennyworth. And like, Look out for it. as far as characters on Gotham go, like Alfred actually is one of the most competent and likable people on that show. I would believe it. Yeah. Like everything he does is to protect his ward, basically. And like at this point that I'm at, he's essentially just an action hero who like shoots people all the time. <laughs> Him and Jim Gordon just running in places, fucking shooting people. And like they're bad people <laughs> and they're probably not dead, but they still been shot, you know? Yeah. <laughs> It's also like, I, I see where Alfred, the character, fits into the Batman lore in general. I see how, yes, when he was younger, he probably was super cool and shot yeah. a lot of people, I guess. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm like, aren't you just remaking the Agent Carter show that Marvel made? And I guess no one gives a shit, ultimately, because, yeah. you know, integrity in storylines is not really something anyone cares about. But aren't you just remaking it? But with DC, because they've got some money from God. Them. I think that's probably accurate. And I mean, am I going to go out and avidly watch Pennyworth? No. If it happens to show up on Netflix and I try a couple episodes and I don't hate it, that's fine. Yeah. But like, honestly, I don't expect to because the best thing about Gotham is it has some colorful villains. Oh, The yeah. guy who plays Penguin is phenomenal. The oh. guy who plays Riddler is also phenomenal. Like, they are chewing up the scenery. <laughs> but like, that's what it's supposed to be. Yeah. Like, they're, they're supposed to be kind of silly. It's a penguin man yeah. who's the <laughs> villain. If he's not over the top, something has gone seriously wrong. And it's a man whose entire shtick is telling riddles if that's not silly something has gone horribly awry at one point in season three like penguin and riddler i think it was season three doesn't matter penguin and riddler are starting to get like they're, they're like friends they're working together right and and like this energy started to happen where i was oh. like are they gonna are they gonna kiss <laughs> and then it turned out that i was half right what <laughs> because in the show, Penguin is in love with Riddler. <gasps> nice. <laughs> Unrequited, too. Oh, it's so tragic. It's pretty tragic. Pushing him further into villainy. <gasps> when I thought that that was what was going to happen, I thought I was insane. <laughs> and then when it actually was true, I was like, I read this situation correctly? Yeah. Very, okay. very intuitive. Okay, I have one quick quotable note. Excellent. I just was reminded of this. Now, you may have seen these posters around our neighborhood because they are near the subway station. Mm -hmm. It is a poster. The top says Tony. Next line. Pampering, relaxing foot treatment. Next line. 50 plus. What? Next line. $75, two visits, and then a phone number. I have not seen this <laughs> advertisement. <laughs> I'm gonna, I will send you the picture. Wait, the first line is Tony? As in Stark? <laughs> like, it just says Tony. It's it's coming your way. Here we go. Oh, it's not like, okay, I thought this was like a bus advertisement, but no, it's a piece of paper. It's just a piece of, of paper. paper, right? Yeah, oh, I should have been yeah, more clear. Oh, that's so much worse. 
<laughs> oh boy. Oh oh no. Oh boy. Okay. Yeah, that's terrible. That's really horrifying. <laughs> It's just so specific. Tony wants nothing to do with you if you're not 50 plus. Oh, no. Oh, you got to be at least 50. (laughs) 49? Uh No, no good. He needs to see ID. (laughs) Wow. I feel somehow sullied. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Okay. I mean, on that downer, let's... (laughs) Let's go back into this episode because we don't want to be up too high, I think, for what's about to happen. Definitely not. Dana attacks Spike and Andrew and then runs away. And by attacks Spike and Andrew, I mean Spike gets beat up a little bit. Andrew gets a spinning roundhouse kick to the face and And definitely goes down. Yeah, Andrew concussion count is going up. I really... I really did enjoy, like, Dana sets a clear trap for them. She smears, like, a bunch of her blood on a wall. Yeah. And so Spike Spike smells that there's an excess amount of blood. And Andrew has this stupid line. Blood. Smells different. Stronger. Like nickels? <laughs> <laughs> I loved it so much. Of it's course, just, if it's more than pennies. It's more than pennies. It's but nickels. It's so, it just makes no sense. I mean, don't get me wrong. I did love it. I just was like, it makes no sense. Oh, of course not. <laughs> yeah. So Spike follows Dana down into this trap basement. Yeah. And um, Mickey comes out, the Slayer, and talks about Robin Wood. So that's good. Yeah. Uh, and then Dana stabs Spike with a yellow needle, which makes you weak. And she chains him to the same posts or pipes that she was chained to. And yeah. Oh. Michaela, how do medications even work on Spike? His pump doesn't pump. Right. These are some great questions. Like, this was some Dexter-level fast-acting drug injection. Oh, yeah, that too. Because, like, on Dexter, you know, he injects people. They just go down immediately. And you're like, that's not at all how that shit works. No, definitely not. But, yeah, like, how is this affecting Spike? Wouldn't you need an insane amount of this to have an effect like it on spike straight into his brain if it was gonna work at all yeah these questions are probably not worth looking into any more than that definitely not um we get a quick cutaway as fred knows about making whiskey and i'm like all right guys i've seen dollhouse the show that won't come out for seven years (laughs) i know what you're talking about yo fred is whiskey i get it Anyway, molasses spe- smell is, yeah, it's going to be whiskey factory. It's going to be good. Uh, I mean, I just like that every now and again, they're like, oh, crap, Fred is Southern and charming. We need to <laughs> <laughs> we need to put that in somewhere in the episode. Ah, uh, yes, Fred's Southern charms. <laughs> Cooking up whiskey. <laughs> like they used to. So, yeah, yeah. they got to find a distillery. I'm sure there aren't too many, or a, an old distillery. Uh, yeah, it's enough info. It's they, can, they can narrow it down. They have other info of like where she's been seen, etc. So yeah, we've had a lot of japes. We've had a lot of Andrew time. It's been good oh, times. Oh, japes. And then Spike wakes up and not a word of lie, Dana has cut both of his hands off. And you're like, I did not expect that. It's like true horror. Very much so. In the way that we are not used to, generally speaking. Because this show (laughs) is wildly (laughs) inconsistent about it. It it pretends to be a horror show 90% of the time and is not. (sighs) Yeah. Often when it tries to be a horror show, it fails. And then sometimes it succeeds in manner most spectacular. And you're like, holy shit. This is not what I thought I had signed up for, but it's good. Yeah, uh, I have very callously, I want to be clear, (laughs) called my picture of this flesh wound. Yeah, I really liked it. In reference to Monty Python. Oh, it's fine. Well, also, (laughs) I mean, (laughs) by the end of the episode, Spike's hands are reattached. Sure, 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 sure. (laughs) As someone currently in physio, he's going to be in physio for a little while, even with his vampire healing factor, which is not yet canon, but has to be for reasons of plot. I just had a moment, though, where, like, okay, obviously Spike's hands are getting put back on. I know this. But I was just like, can you imagine? Two golden hands. To do the rest of this season with, yeah, Spike having, like, 
I don't know. Is one of his hands a sword and the other's a hook? (laughs) (laughs) Hello, hello, hello. Sword ends here. (laughs) I guess, yeah. He could have two swords as an option, too. I mean, one could just be a gun, I guess. (laughs) Again, callous. This man's just lost his hands. I shouldn't... (laughs) Oh, so yes, um, it was a different man who did all these things to Dana. Spike has this revelation of like, a, yeah, atonement, as we've been talking about. And Angel shows up in the basement and tells Dana that the man who shot, who hurt her was shot by the police five years ago and is dead. And It's this, pretty anticlimactic. This is something that I really appreciate them doing occasionally. So mm. like, yes, 90% of the time, turns out it was the doctor, we can go have some revenge. That 10% is very important to keep back and do something like this, where the real world intrudes a little bit, you can't always get closure, and sometimes it's sort of the point that you can't get closure, you know? Like, no one can atone for these sins, because that's that ship has just sailed. Right, and like, if this had been Spike who did this and Dana had cut off his hands and had her vengeance, that wouldn't have fixed anything. No. Her hunting down this other man and killing him, that's not going to fix anything either. Right. And yeah, she can't hunt him down. He's gone. That's yeah. that's just the end of it. Um, Angel eventually grapples her after they fight for a little bit. Again, fight choreography in the show is top notch. Wes yeah. and Gunn shoot some tranks into her. The mm-hmm. entire squad has arrived. Yeah. Yeah, lots of tranks because, you know, Slayer. Slayer, yeah. Hard to trank her up. And we find out that she didn't get rid of Spike's hands, luckily. Thankfully, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, Spike's headed into surgery. Dana is tranked and restrained. They are going to take her back to Wolferman Hart, but uh, uh, uh-uh-uh, not so fast. What a power move from Andrew to be like, "Mm, actually, we're going to take it from here. Oh, man. Him double-crossing them. (laughs) Like, you got double-crossed by Andrew. Andrew. I mean, they call this out. They're like, this went so horribly wrong. How could that have happened? But it's still great. It's so good. Because Andrew does have the upper hand. He's got a bunch of fucking Slayers with him. And they're like, this is Slayer business. We take care of it. It's us. He calls Wolferman Hart Angel's evil stronghold. (laughs) Which, honestly, it's pretty true. Yeah. Like, what would happen yeah. to this Slayer if they took her back to Wolfram Hart? I would say yeah. 90% odds, she goes down with Pavane into permanent Maybe. storage. Maybe, right? Like, they don't know how to deal with that. No. Andrew's basically like, we don't trust you guys because you work for evil. And whatever you want to say, it doesn't matter because, like, we, you've lost our trust and you haven't done anything to get it back. Yeah. <laughs> Gray area. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, Angel doesn't take this well, and he's like, I want to, no, mm. I want to hear this from Buffy. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad. I mean, yeah. you essentially are. Andrew's yeah. talking, and he's got the rest of the Slayers here. They are Buffy in this instance, so fuck you. Try to stop yeah, us. Yeah, and so they don't try to stop them because they're going to fail at that. Right. <laughs> yeah, and so instead, uh, Andrew leaves with, with Dana and the rest of his Slayer companions, and Angel and the gang are, hmm, it's, it's pretty, a pretty big downer for them, I would say. Definitely is. Angel has the last scene with Spike. Spike is in hospital. He's got his hands back. Uh, Can't move them yet, which, yep, you wouldn't be able to. Uh, We'll see how many bandages are around Spike's hands for the rest of the season. Should be a lot. Probably, probably not going to be a lot. (laughs) I'm pretty confident if they remembered Xander's broken wrist for a couple episodes, I think they can remember Spike's sawn off hands. Yeah. Guess we'll see. Guess we'll see. And yeah, we have a, a quick end bit with like dark reflections, but also atonement. And that's our yeah. episode. And like, I do like that they kind of go into a, a little bit here how Angel and Spike are and were different. Yes. Because the way that, yeah, when Spike was a vampire, he's really just in it for the fun. Mm. And like, maybe the fun is killing people. Maybe the fun is, is ruining lives and it's still evil, but he's not in it to cause the pain to others he's in it to have what he considers to be fun for himself right 
And, and like, maybe that is part of the reason that he's having such an easier time dealing with the things he did because Angel was in it for the pain. He was in it to hurt people. Yeah, and I appreciate them taking the time to discuss what makes them different because, again, they're very similar characters. And There's they need to draw some lines. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they do need to make sure that they are different in some way. I did write down, we're not so different, you and I, <laughs> in, <laughs> when, when Spike started talking to Angel. <laughs> Ah, Michaela, did you enjoy this episode? I didn't have a bad time. I had some some good times. Like they, there were some interesting things that happened, mm-hmm. but then at the same time, still kind of nothing happened. Yeah, I, I'll say that this was one of the best monster of the week episodes for me, at least. Yes, I think it was great. I had a great time with it, honestly. Sure, looking back at it. Having a Monster of the Week episode right after you do some yeah. plot is a weird choice. But if they're going to do that for their own inscrutable reasons, I will let them do it. Especially if it's an episode like this, which is not fun. The Andrew bits are no. very fun, but is yeah. very well done. It's asking interesting questions and making the characters reevaluate things that they were thinking about themselves. It's which doing good horror, is... which is... yeah. <laughs> As we've said, not like entirely appreciated, right? Yeah. <laughs> because you're so inconsistent with it, when you do it, it's kind of uns- it's upsetting, but not like It is upsetting. Not like, "Oh, I'm upset that there's horror." It's like, "I'm upset because this is not what I signed up for." It's expectations. That's yeah. all it is. Yeah, yeah. Where, yeah, like if I'm going to go watch a horror movie and someone's hands have been cut off, I'm like, okay, I don't love this. No, but, but this is why I'm this here. This is what I signed up for. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, if all of a sudden, like, wacky episode, Andrew's here, but then the other half of it is not that at all, you're just like, what is happening though? Yeah. Uh, Michaela, I've got a softball question for you. Okay. Who won this episode? Oh, no. I will tell you. Oh, Andrew. You. Yeah, exactly. It's Andrew. Oh, it's definitely Andrew. It's so yeah. Andrew. It's Andrew in oh, every my God. conceivable way. In every conceivable way. Wow. Yep. Yeah. I mean, basically, he shows up, tries to big dog them. It seems <laughs> like it's not working, but then it turns out that it was working the whole time. And he gets to spend some time with his bro, Spike, who it turns out is alive after all yeah. of the doubting Thomases and whatever therapists. I know. <laughs> so, yeah, Andrew runs away with the win on this one. Uh, yeah. Do we have a best outfit from the episode? Oh, Lauren, we're yeah. in that must- mustard. Hell yeah. 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 It's very good. Very good. And Michaela, do we have a Teeks review for the episode? We do. <gasps> oh, Teeks I... is not going to like this episode. I feel like... I keep getting so lucky. Yeah. I Like, I've had teeks, I don't know how many times, and then you never have teeks, so I don't know I've how this has happened. once or twice. Yeah. Precious, it's been though. weird. It's good. I, yeah. I treasure it. Yeah. All right. The one where Spike gets his hands cut off. No. The one where Andrew shows up? No. I don't think you're going to guess this. The one with another Slayer. <laughs> Yeah, all right. I'll accept it. It's fine. I think this this whole review is going to shock you. So let's I'm just ready get to be into it. Good. I really enjoyed this episode. It showed us a little snippet from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. In this episode, we see another Slayer, but she's a bit crazy. <laughs> I love the understatements. Uh, wait, I, I want to... When Spike keeps calling Dana a sack of hammers as she... <laughs> Is like chaining him up and yeah. she has been tortured with hammers before. I'm like, right. no, she has access to hammers now. Don't call her that. Ah. And like Spike's sort of like cavalier attitude about like, oh, you're crazy. You're like, that's not the tone to be taking oh. here. Especially in your position. Anyway, continue, Teeks. <laughs> not in the mean way. She's psychotic. She has had prophetic dreams about killing vampires and it messed her up. I don't know that that's true. That's not what messed her up. What? Nope. What? It, it was memories of past Slayers. And since the series finale of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where all the Slayers were granted full Slayer abilities, she's been going downhill. She tries to kill Spike, thinking that he had tried to kill her. It turns out that it was the memories of the Slayer he had killed in the 1970s. Eventually, we see Andrew. I was very happy about that, by the way. Anyway, he comes to collect the Slayer after she is stopped from killing Spike. Andrew takes her away with all of the other Slayers on his side. Wait. So wait, Teeks, did you watch this? <laughs> did you watch this episode? So Teeks, Teeks watched 
of a cut of this episode that did not have any of the horror elements? That's actually what I'm considering. Is like, is there a sanitized version <laughs> of this? A heavily sanitized version, which that's like glosses over. Long. Yeah, yeah, glosses over all of the torture stuff, and it's just like none of that happened. She's just reliving past lives. And that's why she doesn't like Spike. Yeah. And yeah, saying that she tries to kill Spike, I think is really underselling what happens. It is. Killing him yeah. is not even the goal. No, because she could have done that. She knows how to do that. Yeah, you you keep sawing until you see dust. Yeah, head in the heart. Head in the heart, you know? man. Go for it. Uh, Teeks, you madman, you've done it again. <laughs> that's very inaccurate. It implies Andrew shows up. Far later than he does. It just is a, such a different episode. It's such a different episode. Yeah. Great What times. do you think Teeks rated Teeks's version of this episode? Oh, oh fuck. I'm glad you asked that question, you know? Because yeah. otherwise I would have said like six or seven out of ten. But Teeks has a very different idea of what happened this episode. Yes. And I'm going to say that gives it a nine. It's an eight. Okay. So you were you were close. Yeah. But yeah. I think given what actually happened in this episode, no way would Teeks have rated that an eight because I don't think Teeks wants that like level of, of horror. Oh, no. you know, like Teeks might have yeah. just blocked it out. I'm not sure what happened there. When I saw that there was a Teeks review, I was just like, for this? For this? Yeah. How? All right, Michaela, what do we have coming up next time on Angel? I feel like we didn't do Rose and Thorn. Oh, shit. <laughs> Michaela. <laughs> Do you have a rose and a thorn for this episode? I am leaving that oh Fuck. shit in. <laughs> it, was, it was like how Superman would say oh shit. I don't know. Oh, oh rose and a thorn. I've you got go a first. rose. Yeah. Andrew and the tales he tells of the vampires. <laughs> oh man. It's such a good nod to such a wacky episode. Oh yeah. Yeah, it really is. I think I think my rose is going to be Spike trying to come to terms with this because mm. I think it was pretty true to Spike's character yeah. that he was able to sort of separate these things and be like, yeah, I did bad stuff, but it's fine now. And like because his victims are not up in his face, he doesn't have to try to face it. Yeah. And then like, yeah, this realization that like his victims and somebody else's victims, like it doesn't matter. They're still victims. Yes, I think that's a very good shout. Um, yeah, Spike has some good growth. It's it's an exploration of Spike. It's not growth. It's yeah. just exploration of that. And much needed after Buffy season seven had no interest in it. Yeah. You know, someone cares about Spike. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Again, it comes back to your idea that the, the writers were just like, now Buffy writers, why didn't you address any of these things with Spike? And they're like, woo, vacation. <laughs> and they're like, all right, <laughs> we'll figure it out. Uh, That's fine. Yeah. We don't care. Uh, <laughs> my thorn for the episode is incredibly pedantic. It is the inaccurate medicine in this episode. <laughs> Spike's oh, so heart pedantic. doesn't pump. How could <laughs> they give him medicine that would knock him out? That makes no sense. Okay, well, that's the same sort of thing that I think John Mulaney would have had problems with <laughs> in in that delivery, at least. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm just going to go... And this is something, again, that we've harped on many times, but I, I, I think it continues to be relevant. Just like when you have an Angel Spike episode, I understand the rest of the cast isn't going to get very much to do. Oh, yeah. Especially when, you know, another big part of this episode is now Andrew's here and now Dana's here and we need to see what's happened to her and like this journey that she's on and these other things that she's doing. But like all of that leaves so little time for everyone else. Did Fred even get any garbage science to say this episode? I don't think so. She had some lines, but it was mostly just talking to Gunn about his golf, I think. Yeah. Yeah, she and basically got risky. nothing. God damn. And like, no, like, you know, Andrew swooped in and stole all the exposition. So that leaves Wes with nothing to say. All right, Michaela, let's do a, a quick count because we are halfway through this season, right? 11 yeah. episodes out of 22. How many are Angel Spike episodes? That's a great question. Let me let me pull up the list. I'm also here. pulling it up. So conviction is not. That is the first episode. Spike yeah. isn't even here. Just rewards absolutely is. Yeah. We are one for yeah. one. Unleashed. Yeah. Um. No. Is not. Spike isn't in that one. Spike's much, right? barely around. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh. Hellbound. Um. Hellbound is much more Spike on his own. Yeah. It is. I would throw that. So I would say it's no. Yeah. 
Uh, Life yeah. of the Party actually isn't either. That's true. It's coming up next. The Cautionary Tale of Numero Cinco? No. No. Lineage? No. This is... No. Destiny. Destiny, a thousand Definitely. percent yes. And I think that's why we're... Yeah. It's recency bias. <laughs> we're like, every episode! Every fucking yeah, no. episode. Okay, no, this is where it goes bad. So, Destiny, uh, Harm's Way is not. So, that's a, yeah. a seventh one for um, not Angel Spike. However, then we hit Soul Purpose. and But, like, oh, that's... Soul Purpose, no, wait. There's a lot of Angel and Spike in that episode, but they're not together. It's true. Yeah, maybe that's eight. Eight to three. Okay. Eight to three, okay. So... Okay, we're wrong. We are wrong. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'll still say three, three solid episodes I mean, of Angel yeah. Spike is probably sufficient. It's got us at least feeling sick of them. <laughs> and like, it, it's these episodes of Angel Spike where we kind of keep having the same conversations and the same dynamic. Yeah, are they a dark reflection of each other? Yes. And yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep. And no. Yeah. Oh so look, they're that. different in these ways. <laughs> Oh, we found yep. new, oddly specific new way. ways for them to be different. <laughs> ah, They're not the same character. <laughs> Angel likes vanilla, but Spike prefers chocolate. Oh, <laughs> oh Angel would be vanilla or plain. If I it's was just going to say. If it's possible to have was, plain yeah. ice cream, <laughs> yep. Angel would be like, mm, delicious. This is all I deserve. After yeah, I was going to say, I've this is all I deserve. My oh, just God. desserts, you could say. Oh, fuck. So good. Uh, all right. Michaela, what's coming up n- n- next time on Angel? The next episode is called You're Welcome. Uh-huh. And it's the episode where we learn that commas don't last forever. Oh my God. I'm so glad you told me that because I, I was on the IMDb page and I saw the word <laughs> Cordelia and I was <laughs> freaking out. <laughs> yeah. Commas don't last forever. Woo. Maybe Joss is unmad at... <laughs> charisma carpenter enough to have her in one episode of this season this is the hundredth episode of angel fuck yeah so i suspect that they thought it would be too much of a disservice to charisma carpenter to not allow her to appear in this episode oh yeah every season but the fifth that would be that'd be rough yeah huh yeah so yeah commas don't last forever i what is cordelia's take on all this right she's coming out of a world where Oh, but she never had... Wait, did she have Connor? Oh, boy. So, like, what does Cordelia remember? That's a great first question. Yeah. What's Cordelia... I don't know. (laughs) So, like, why does everyone think she's in this comma? Because if they don't know about Jasmine, then there's no reason for her to have ever been in it. Yeah. Uh, presumably that will be addressed also Lindsay will be in this episode sorry (laughs) (laughs) you haven't said the real magic word which is Lindsay and Eve so I'm holding Um, out hope well no but who does who does Lindsay have to talk to he's got Spike to talk to right but it'd be weird if he was here and and there was no I guess yeah they've done weird things on this show before Uh, anyway it's fine uh, you're You're trying. (laughs) We're looking forward to seeing the commas don't last forever. Yeah. Until then, our listeners can always reach out in the same places. Email beyondthenew.hellmouth at gmail.com. This episode is up on the Reddit, buffy.reddit.com. And our pictures are up on Facebook. And until next time, see see you later, later, LA Gator. Gator. Hellmouth. Hellmouth? Hellmouth.